the rollout of the vaccine mandate for truckers has been anything but smooth with a word of a reversal last week, simply made an error and its implementation starting as scheduled this past Saturday. So I thought we'd invite Mike Millen on, uh, Mike Millen on rather. He's president of the private motor truck council of Canada and he has a, a look at how effective this is for, um, people at the border and, uh, how it is affecting our already stretched thin supply chains. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And, uh, thankfully you're not going to ask me about Wordle because uh, I'd be at a complete loss if you were going to get me into that conversation. You know what? It just, as soon as you get hooked and just get ready, cause it's coming, there's no way to avoid it. It's sort of like trying to navigate your, uh, this world without Googling. It's like, you can pretend it doesn't exist, but somehow you are going to use the Google at some point in your life. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, proportion of Canadian drivers regularly crossing the border who are not fully vaccinated. Last week, you said it could be as high as 20%. You're concerned about the U.S. drivers. How many unvaccinated were crossing regularly into Canada? Yes, there's 40,000 U.S. drivers that cross into Canada on a regular basis. And, and a study a couple months ago by the Truckload Carriers Association showed about 50% of those 40,000 were, were unvaccinated at that time. So, so again, like high. that is a lot. So um, were wait times at the border over the weekend worse because of the vaccine mandate and added paperwork? What did we see this weekend? No, so um, there was a couple of periods where the wait times were a little high, but I mean, that's happened before, before COVID hit. So, I haven't heard anything dramatic. There was uh, Saturday, there was a two-hour wait at the Peace Bridge. Um, Friday night, I heard there was three hours of blue water coming in. Um, so some of that could have been associated with this. Um, I think some of it was also associated with there was Canadian drivers who were in the U.S. who were dispatched in that 16-hour window. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the government got their messaging confused. Um where uh, they were trying to get back before midnight Friday to make sure they didn't have quarantine for two weeks when they got here. So so that did create a bit of backlog. And then there was issues with the ArriveCan app on Sunday where it kept freezing and glitching. So drivers were having trouble entering their, their info in the app part. Um, but our biggest concern with this isn't really going to be uh, increased wait times at the borders. I think there may be when the U.S. reciprocates on Saturday. Our biggest concern is what it's going to do with the supply chain when when we're removing a fifth of our workforce from delivering our products. Uh, you mentioned this. Yeah, you mentioned that some drivers are now forced to quarantine at home for 14 days. They were trying to beat that window of midnight. Um, can you expand on, on how this is going to affect the shortage that we already have if we've got drivers quarantined? Like how many do we expect had already been crossed the border um, when the government said, yeah, you know, we're not going to go ahead with this vaccine mandate and then reverse that very suddenly within about a 24 to 48 hour window? Yes, I I can't give you exact numbers. I have had six or seven fleets reach out to me now that had sent drivers over. I don't think we're talking in the thousands. I think we're talking in the hundreds that, that were sent over in that 16-hour window. So I don't think that part of it itself is going to have massive issue on, on the shortage. The mandate itself is what's going to have an issue on the shortage. And, of course, our concern was these drivers that were sent over in this 16-hour window. They have quarantined for two weeks. They're going to lose two weeks' pay right? and, and have to go into quarantine. So it's going to have an effect on them and, and the industry. 
Yeah, I def- can tell you, and, and this fleet wanted to stay off the record, yep. but I, I can tell you one fleet, it had six drivers over there, and, and good on this fleet. They didn't want them to have to quarantine when they got home. So they had the drivers drop their loaded trailers and bobtail home. So that means they just drove with the truck, no trailer, so they could get to the border before midnight Friday so they wouldn't have to quarantine. And then they're going to the expense of sending six other trucks down right. with vaccinated drivers to pick those trailers up and continue on with the load. So and, that, that's going to be costing the thousands of dollars for that trucking fleet sure. to, to look after a mistake um, that, that was put on them by the government. Yeah, caused by the government. Nobody's nobody's going to give them uh, money for that. Not to mention the fact that there's a chance that their um, their load is going to be late on arrival. Is there any penalties for delivering something late? Uh, that's that's dependent on your receiver. In a lot of cases, there is yes. Um, there, there will be penalties. You have a time window to deliver it in, and if you don't, then it's penalized so much for every hour that it's late. But that's depending on what you're delivering. Time-sensitive freight sees it more often, especially, and also if you're delivering uh, perishables. Each day, um, $1.5 billion in goods travels between uh, the U.S. and Canada. I know that uh, we are hearing that 80% of it is is um, brought to us via truck. I imagine that trucking companies are trying to keep things moving as much as possible during this time. Are unvaccinated workers being utilized by pin drops, like you mentioned, but on either side of the border um, within this, uh, this, this new mandate? What are you hearing? Um, haven't heard that yet. Uh, they certainly talked about it. So you, you may have some of that happen, but it's not just as easy as having a, a vaccinated U.S. driver bring it across the border, drop it in Canada, and then a Canadian driver hook onto the trailer or vice versa. You, you've got insurance issues that have to be worked out. If, if a truck driver is hooking onto a trailer that isn't owned by that company, uh, you've got insurance issues, you've got paperwork issues, you've got uh, you know customs and border issues. So some of it will occur. There's already some that do stuff like that, but it's very hard to do when it's from one company to another. If it's within the same company, um, it's something you can certainly look into. But on the horizon, what we also have to keep in mind is the Canadian federal government has also indicated in early 2022 they are also going to put a vaccine mandate on federally regulated domestic Canadian workers. So if that's the case, um, then those drivers would be would be out of a job as well, and we'd have more drivers removed from the industry. So who would that be? Anybody who uh, works for a company that operates outside the boundaries of their own province and territory. So anybody that, uh, you know, you're provincially regulated if you only operate within your province. If you operate outside of your province across multiple jurisdictions and you're considered federally regulated. Are you shocked that, uh, because I hadn't heard this yet, uh, that the government's not broadcasting this in a more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, concise manner so that people can plan ahead? Uh, We've seen a lot of this in the last two years. So before I would would say yes, but we've seen a lot of this in the last two years when it it comes to to anything. We we see announcements made without details, and then the details are figured out later, and in a lot of cases, very, very close to the deadline. Are they coming to experts that are actually, you know, have their their hands in, in the pot that they're starting to stir, like you? With, with, with some things they are. I will say Transport Canada, CBSA, I mean, we have a good relationship with them since the pandemic has hit. We used to have regular calls with them three times a week, and now we 
still have calls with them once a week. I, I'd say where the disconnect is, it is the people within Transport Canada that we are working with are certainly coming to us on a regular basis. They're certainly talking to us. They're asking for our opinion. They're sharing information with us. Where the disconnect seems to happen is between the people that are communicating with us charged with doing the work and as it moves higher up the chain where the people make the final decision. That that seems to be where the disconnect seems to be. So it's, you know, the, the people, like I said, that we deal with on a regular basis mm-hmm. don't seem to be the issue, but when it hits that top level, um, the decisions seem to be made more in a silo and based on one one set of circumstances that they want to see happen. Mike, there weren't uh, that many stoppages at the border, as you said, over the weekend. When do you anticipate people like uh, our listeners will start to see the fallout from uh, the the um, vaccine mandate for truckers here in Canada? Yeah, I think you'll see it in a week or two. It'll, it'll get worse as we go along. But I mean, consider the fact that we, we figure upwards of one-fifth of workforce may be removed out of 160,000 drivers. Uh, this is a time of year where almost all our fresh products, fruits and vegetables, comes from the U.S., and, and almost all of that is carried by, by truck. If you remove one-fifth of the of the workforce, of an already depleted workforce and had a shortage of 23,000 drivers, you're going to have people bidding on freight. Right? Like there's one, one out of five trucks gone. Those trucks were full. So now people are going to be trying to access freight, and those that can get the, the capacity, the trucks to move their freight, are going to have to pay more to get it delivered because of the capacity crunch. Uh, so we're going to see inflationary costs. And those who can't afford to get the freight aren't going to get the products up here. So I, I figure we'll see it in a week or two. Um doesn't take long for this stuff to happen when you take drivers out of the loop. Right? Like you, look what happened in Atlanta, Canada on the weekend. And you're probably going to see it in Toronto tomorrow. They had massive snowstorms in Atlanta, Canada. Within, within two days, their grocery store shelves were uh, half of them were empty. Sure, you don't you don't have to look too far. You can see jackknife trailers all over uh, stuck on on the Gardner and the uh, DVP. It's a mess right now. Yeah, so I mean, you're going to see that tomorrow because of what's yeah. happening with the weather in Toronto. So anytime the supply chain is disrupted, you, you see it pretty quickly with something like this. I think you'll see it in a, in a week or two, where you're you know your it's not like your grocery stores are going to be completely empty, but you're going to have products that you're going to have uh, you're going to have shortages and, and reduced. All right. I imagine that uh, when people can get out tomorrow, they might be stocking up based on what you said. Mike Million, thank you very much. I, I, don't, I don't want people to panic by, let me say. Yeah, that. for we sure. Always, we always find a way to get, get the people what they need. I know, but people people will. People will. Yeah. But I uh, I want to thank you for your time, and we'll keep your number handy because I think it's uh, you're a wealth of information for us, and I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. The supply chain is uh, definitely strained, and this is going to only... Um, compound that. I appreciate your time. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Mike Million is uh, president of the Private Motor Trucking Council of Canada.